What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph Orr Podcast on the JV Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, wherever you may be listening, please rate five stars, leave a friendly review, subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. Interviews like this one coming your way every single Monday and the weekend 12-pack with Uncle Micah, degenerate gambling advice from non-degenerate gamblers coming your way every single Friday, except for this week. This week is Thanksgiving. What does that mean? Spending time with family, being thankful, yeah, 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 whatever. There's a ton of football, NFL football, on Thanksgiving this coming Thursday. We're going to put out a special episode where we're going to give you guys our picks and talk about all the Thanksgiving games, and also in that episode, we're going to talk about all the great rivalry college football games that are coming your way this Saturday. So that episode is going to be out on Wednesday. Be sure you guys look for it. Win some money while you're being thankful and enjoying that Thanksgiving dinner. Before I talk about what's all in this episode, let me give a just a quick shout out, if I may, to Arizona State Athletics. What a weekend it was. Let me start on Friday. ASU Wrestling hosted Penn State. Penn State is a powerhouse wrestling program. ASU on Friday night ended Penn State's 60-match dual win streak. That's five straight seasons of winning. That's nearly five straight years of winning matches that ASU snapped. They snapped the streak. They ended that for Penn State on Friday night. The next night, in Tempe once again, Pac-12 after dark, ABC primetime, my Arizona State Sun Devils, our Arizona State Sun Devils, hosted the Oregon Ducks, the number six team in the country. They're looking to punch their ticket to the college football playoff. They're on the outside looking into that final four. The Devils just ended it. They just wrote the end of their season. We played spoiler. We upset the Ducks, and we got ourselves bowl eligible. Huge win. Electric atmosphere. On Saturday night, it was over at Sun Devil Stadium. It was incredible. So happy to be a part of that and see that win. And also, I know we beat the Ducks. The Ducks are supposed to be our enemy, whatever. But it was my first experience witnessing and experiencing the Oregon Duck mascot in person. I don't know why, but I just freaking love that guy. He's an electric factory. He was so awesome to watch. Just I, I swear, I was on. I was looking at him. I was looking at the Oregon Duck mascot and their like jacked uh, like get back coach who I think is also their strength coach who has like the awesome mustache and wears like the medium shirts. I was looking at the duck and that guy all night. I, I hardly even watched the game. It was crazy. Um, and then also today, Arizona State basketball, they weren't able to beat Virginia, but they went toe to toe with the reigning national champs from last year. Um, and it was in the uh, the championship game of this early early season tournament that they were in. So they they are the runner runners up in this tournament, and they went toe to toe with um, the reigning national champs. So that's very promising for our Sun Devil basketball team this year. And just before I started recording this on Sunday, Nikhil Harry, uh, ASU alumni, he's a rookie for the New England Patriots, caught his very first touchdown pass today. So shout out Nikhil Harry and shout out ASU. Now let's talk about what's going to be in this episode. We will start things off. A little victory Monday action for you Cleveland Browns fans. 16 Sundays in hell. Sunday number 11 of 16. Browns and Dolphins. I'm going to talk about that game. And then I'm going to talk about next week's game against those Pittsburgh Steelers. And then 
Um, Sir Yacht is back. Remember Sir Yacht? He does Cleveland Sports Rants on Twitter. He does music videos. We talked about that. And then also, when Liam Neeson was in Cleveland shooting his new film, The Minuteman, our guy Sir Yacht was his stand-in for the movie. So we, we, we talked all about that. But I had him back on because I wanted to talk Miles Garrett and Browns with him. But most importantly, he had a tweet that absolutely blew up. There was this fight, this boxing match, Logan Paul, a YouTuber versus another YouTuber, KSI. Logan has a brother, Jake Paul. They grew up in Ohio, unfortunately. Uh, and Jake Paul came out and said how when they grew up, nothing was given to them. They, they didn't come from anything. He grew up in the mean streets of Westlake, Ohio, which is an extremely affluent area. And our guy, Sir Yacht, called him out on it. And it gamed enormous traction. Keemstar, who is basically like the E! News, he's like the Ryan Seacrest of YouTube News, um, he tweeted at it and he was like, Sir Yacht coming back at Jake Paul, all these things. He retweeted it, quote tweeted it, gained a bunch of traction. Jake Paul saw it. He even replied to Sir Yacht on Twitter, even sent him a DM on Twitter. So uh, his tweet absolutely blew up. He's been all over YouTube news in that world um, of late. So I wanted to talk to Sir Yacht about all of that. And then, guys, I will wrap up the show by once again, I want to read another spam email. I had, I had a lot of fun reading through that spam email last week. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. I'm going to do that again this week. All of that coming up on this very loaded episode of the Joseph War Podcast. But first, enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. All right, 16 Sundays in Hell, Sunday number 11 of 16. Browns and Dolphins, before I jump into this, let's go over my picks. Missed on Tennessee, hit on the Jets and Rams, missed on Baltimore and the Niners, hit on the Seahawks and Patriots, missed on the Broncos, that one still hurts, and then hit for the last three weeks, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Miami. That puts me at 7-4 and four on the season, and my Cleveland Browns at 5-6 and six as they continue to battle their way back from that 2-6 and six record as they approach 500. Swagger Jr., the Browns' new mascot taking over for his dad, Swagger, who retired. SJ is now 3-0, and the vertical stripes in the end zone are now 3-0. Browns, for the last three weeks, have played three straight home games. They've won all three. They've struggled at home this year. They hadn't won a home game pretty much all season. Was that first, I think the first home win, yes, it was, against Buffalo just three weeks ago. So, so good for the Browns to get rolling at home. Good to play in front of those home fans who continue to show up and support the team. Um, in the Muni lot, where all the tailgating and craziness goes down for the Browns, there was a, a Mason Rudolph pinata. I saw this on Twitter. They were literally, Browns fans were blindfolding themselves. Someone had a Pittsburgh Steelers helmet and they were literally swinging it like they were Miles Garrett at this Mason Rudolph pinata. It was crazy. It kind of reminded me of in Napoleon Dynamite where uh, Pedro's <laughs> um, campaign, vote, the Vote for Pedro campaign, made the Summer Wheatley pinata, and they were all beating her up before the election, before the whole like talent show thing. Luckily, Napoleon saved the day with the dance, so that's kind of what it reminded me of. Hopefully, someone can uh, save the day and continue this, this, uh, this winning streak for the Browns, right? Okay, so let's get this started. In the first quarter, the Browns got the ball first. 
My big first question was opening drive. The Browns, can they make it three weeks in a row of scoring a touchdown in their opening drive? They hadn't done it all season. They did it for the very first time against Buffalo. They did it again against the uh, the Steelers on Thursday night football. Will they do it today? Would they do it on Sunday against the Dolphins? They did. They made it three in a row. Um, touchdown drive, Baker to Landry, Jarvis Landry had a big day, and he is starting to get hot. Landry now has four touchdowns, and now has a touchdown reception in four straight games, 7-0 Cleveland early. And early on in this game, I wanted the Browns to look more crisp. I thought they were a little bit sloppy. Um, they did pick it up a little bit, but you know what? There were some penalty yards in there, just, just sloppy. It wasn't very good um, at the beginning. Browns had to pump their next drive. When they get the ball back, they're playing good defense early. The Browns finally, we thought they did it against Pittsburgh, but he was called down at the one. A long touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to Odell Beckham Jr. Finally, 35 yards. I'm so happy for Odell. There's been so many times this season where it just looks like he's, I mean, it's like, what are we doing? Why are, This guy is a superstar. He's electric. How are we not finding ways to get him the ball more and just find him more involved in this offense? And there was a couple times where I'm like, this is the game where Odell finally blows up, demands the ball, goes at Baker, goes at Freddie in the media, whoever it is. But you know what? Odell hasn't done that once. I know some people will say because of the visor and the cleats and things of that nature, he has been a distraction. But for the most part, I really, Odell hasn't been a distraction at all. He's actually been very mature, and I think he's been terrific for this team, and he's been a steady head in this locker room and a steady voice, not getting too high, not getting too low, and there have been some low moments so far this year. Um, Odell, I think, has been a terrific leader and a great role model for, you know, the Browns have the third youngest roster in the league. So I, I think it's I think it's great Odell being extremely young himself and being very inexperienced, only been to the playoffs once. I think he's held held his head high through what has been a tough season so far, but things are starting to come together, and I hope they continue to get him involved. So the Browns, when they get the ball back, they put together another nice drive. After Miami 3-and-out, like I said, the defense was playing really, really well early, doing what they were supposed to do. Another Jarvis Landry touchdown. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield has three touchdown passes, and it's 21-zip Cleveland. Now, at this point, my big question was, like I already mentioned, extremely young team. The Browns have struggled at times when they've gotten off to good starts. They stall out. They lag. Whether the defense gets out of sorts or, you know, once you get off those first couple drives where you're on script and you've been working in, and, and you're familiar with those plays all week as a play caller in Freddie Kitchens and as players executing them on the field, things seem to get a little out of sorts, a little chaotic, and there just seems to be no rhyme or reason or any sort of rhythm to the offense. So my question was, will the offensive production and overall team intensity in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams, stall out? Well, Miami, when they got the ball back after being after the Browns going up 21-0, they put together their best drive yet, a couple chunk plays, a couple first downs, but Joe Schobert, who, is, who was a 2017 Pro Bowl selection, who's going to be on his way back, I believe so, especially with the way he's been playing here in 2019 to the Pro Bowl, an interception. He's been an interception machine. He had two interceptions today. He now has four on the year. Those four interceptions have come in two games. He had two against Pittsburgh. He had two more today. He's got four of those bad boys on the year. Will the Browns capitalize? How will they follow up the interception? They've followed up turnovers all year with field goals 
and just terrible drives, punting. Oftentimes, they aren't even scoring off of turnovers. But the Browns, they're starting to turn things around. Now, listen, I'm pumping my own brakes here. I understand it's Miami, but I'm still excited. At least they know that they can do it. At least they can look back like, hey, remember when the defense got that interception and picked us up and got a big stop and a bit made a big play for us and we took it down for a touchdown? Let's do that this week, whether it's against Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or Arizona or Baltimore, you know, whoever we have left on our schedule, we can look back to that time and be like, remember when we did that? Let's do that here. Let's really focus and put together a good drive, both Freddie and Baker can do that um, and look back. So not only did the Browns score a touchdown here, but there was a booth review for defensive pass interference. And those that was a booth review, by the way, initiated by the booth and the officials um, in New York or wherever they're watching from. And the Browns won it. That never happens. It never Those calls never get overturned. Or if there's no pass interference call, it's rarely, uh, the, the team is rarely awarded pass interference, but it happened. I mean, it was crazy. There was a blue moon. Pigs were flying. It was insane. The Browns punch it in. Um, Kareem Hunt, first touchdown with the Browns, 28 nothing Cleveland. I think that was, was that Kareem? Either way, the Browns scored 28 nothing. Uh, Miami adds a field goal at the end of the half, so it's 28-3 Cleveland at the half. Quarter three, got a little bit sloppy. Here's where the Browns lulled and kind of stalled out. Um, Especially defensively, it looked a little rough in the second half. After only giving up three first-half points, they gave up 21 um, in the second half. Miami won the third quarter 14-0. Baker had an uh, an interception. Just a bad throw. Put it behind Odell. Odell reached back for it, tipped it up in the air, got intercepted. This was just a lack and um, a sloppy um, play by Baker, whether you want to call it a lapse of focus or fundamentals or whatever it was. just not a good throw. You need to need to clean those things up, and you know you just want to be crisp. You, Baker was really really good today, except for that one little blemish. Other than that, I thought he was terrific today. I don't think anyone else would dispute that, but would love just to really clean those things up. I know I'm being a little tough on you know a second year quarterback who just led an offense putting up 41 points um, and has won three straight games. But I mean, come on, got got to have those things together if you want to make a push at this thing. Um, so like I said, Miami won, won the third quarter 14-0. Fourth quarter is where we saw Joe Schobert's second interception. Will the Browns capitalize? They were driving. Then there was an interception. Luckily, the Browns got bailed out here. I didn't not I I'm not I don't want to be, you know, I know hindsight is 20-20. I'm not gonna play Captain Hindsight here and be that guy, but I'm like, why aren't we running the ball? They can't stop us. We're down here close. Let's run the ball and punch it in. Little, it appeared to be an RPO. I'm not exactly sure. Baker tried to fit it in there. We got bailed out by a penalty, leading with the head by the defender, but the ball was intercepted. And if it wasn't for the penalty, it would have been a big turnover. It, it would have been the Cleveland Browns we've seen outside of this winning streak and did not want to re- revert back to that. It, has been, it had been such a good afternoon so far. Did not want to see that. So the Browns got bailed out there. I think Freddie Butter Milkshake realized he got a second life there and he and he gave the ball to Nick Chubb he, he goes Nick take us to the promised land get us in the end zone here and that's exactly what they did 41-17 Cleveland Miami adds a late TD the final score Browns 41 Dolphins 24 like I already mentioned Browns are now 5 and 6 on the year I want to talk about the red zone really quick cuz the Browns like I mentioned on previous episodes the scariest phrase for the Browns has been these last few weeks, 
first and goal, second and goal, third and goal. I mean, it, it makes me shake. It gives me night sweats. I wake up in the middle of the night freaking out. I hear those words. That it's just like mocking me. It's like Tony Romo's announcer voice. First and goal, second and goal. It's freaking me out. But the Browns, they went to the red zone five times today. Um, scored four touchdowns, one missed field goal. I'll take that every single day. If you're telling me I'm going to go to the red zone five times and I'm going to put 28 points up on the board in my five trips to the red zone, I'll take it every single time. The Browns did what they were supposed to do today. That's what everyone's going to say, and I totally agree with it. They were still sloppy. They still had 70 penalty yards they need to clean up. The defense let up there a little bit. Now, I know they are down, guys. Ogunjobi's gone. Um, this was his only game out. Uh, Olivier Vernon's still hurt. Uh, Burnett with the ruptured Achilles is on the IR. And, of course, Garrett is done for the season. Baker, the interception, I already talked about it. Need a better throw there. Need to clean that up. So next week, the Browns. This is pretty rare in the NFL. They're about to play Pittsburgh for the second time in three weeks. The Browns will go to Pittsburgh. The Browns have a meaningful divisional December football game. Let me repeat that. A meaningful. The Cleveland Browns have a meaningful divisional December football game. It's incredible. Like I already mentioned, Ogan Joby is going to be back. Garrett and Pouncey are out. And Mason Rudolph, he's not suspended, but it looks like we're going to see Duck um, next week. Rudolph got benched today in the Steelers' close win in Cincinnati. This is a huge game. Opportunity to sweep the Steelers. I think they mentioned it on the broadcast today against the Dolphins. It'll be the first time since 1988. The Browns have an opportunity to stay undefeated in the division. Move into second place in the AFC North. They would be technically tied uh, with Pittsburgh with record, but the Browns on the tiebreaker being up uh, sweeping Pittsburgh if they were to win. And, you're, and you continue to remain in the playoff hunt. You continue to keep yourself alive and give yourself every single week, <coughs> excuse me, the opportunity and the chance to play meaningful football games deep into the season. It's going to be a physical game. It's going to be an emotional game. Sunday can't come soon enough. It's going to be an absolute slugfest, and I cannot wait. Browns, Steelers, Sunday. It's going to be a 1 o'clock kickoff. It's huge. This is the biggest game. This is the biggest Browns game I'll watch in my life. Every single game, especially if the Browns continue to win, it will be the biggest Browns game I have watched in my entire life that I can remember watching. It's incredible. It's exciting. And I know as Brown fans, Browns fans, we're really excited. Can't wait to see what our team does in Pittsburgh, how they prepare and get ready. It's going to be a great one. So this has been 16 Sundays and how Browns Dolphins Sunday number 11 of 16. Let's talk to Sir Yacht. All right. So calling in on the bat phone right now, JV podcast hotline. You've heard him before, Sir Yacht. The plan was always to have him back on, but not so soon, but we just had to because Sir Yacht, your guy on Twitter, has gotten into a little feud with Ohio native, and I always forget that they're from Ohio for good reason, but a little beef going on with Jake, <clears throat> excuse me, with Jake Paul right now. So I just want to, to give you the platform here. You know, you've done it with your rants and your videos on Twitter, but I wanted to uh, have you back on to talk about all this. So this beef with Jake Paul. How did this all start? Tell us the full story. 
Well, first off, thanks for having me on again. It's of always course. good to be on. Like I said, didn't like you said, didn't think it would happen this quick, but uh, you know, had to. Here we are. Yeah, we had to. We had to get back on the bat phone. So, <laughs> um, obviously, with this, uh, there was that Logan Paul KSI fight, right? And yeah, just, you know, two YouTubers battling at it, quote unquote, uh, professional boxing match. And then you have uh, KSI winning. A little controversial. I don't really care, but. People said it's controversial. Well, anyways, Jake Paul put out this huge, like, five-paragraph essay that he didn't, uh, you know, punctuate or spell check or anything. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I even said in the video that, uh, you know, it, it, it possibly could have given me a concussion because it was just so poorly <laughs> written. But anyways, after deciphering the codes that he was writing and trying to translate into actual English, there was a bunch of things he said on there that I didn't agree with and I've paid attention to what they've done him and his brother Logan for a long time. And they've done a really good job of, uh, making YouTube really profitable for vloggers and YouTubers. And they kind of changed the whole entire game. But at the same time, I've, 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 I've known them growing up, not personally, but I've known people that have gotten bullied by them or things like that, or just deceived by them or their family. And, I'm just not the biggest fan of them and uh, especially what they've done to people in front of cameras. You know, that's what they've been doing in their entire lives, particularly Jake. He's been uh, kind of a giant bully. So he said basically a couple things in there that I didn't agree with. The first one being that he never had shit, quote unquote, growing up. He basically said he grew from nothing and. Uh, you know, equated, equated Westlake, Ohio, which is one of the most prosperous cities in the state Beautiful. as being this like street fight, like he had a fight for his life kind of thing. And I was just like, you know what? This dude's putting out all his BS information to these people that are brainwashed by him. I, I'm going to I'm going to set the record straight. And so I, I decided to make a video for fun. I didn't really know the magnitude of how it would uh, be perceived because right. I'm usually more of like a sports runner or some yeah. stuff to do with Cleveland and things like that. So I put this video out at like 10 o'clock and I, was, I wasn't expecting much again because uh, usually the videos pop off between like 6.30, 7.30. That's when the most people are on like yeah. after work and things like that. So I put this video up. I go to his, uh, I go to the city of Westlake, which is right next to where I live in Rocky River and I, I don't go to his house. Uh, he got in a lot of trouble for showing Post Malone's address and like going to his house. Like That's I'm surprised. So, so I was like, I'm not going to go to his mom's house. Yeah. Um, I know where it is, but I'm just going to go show people like what houses in Westlake look like. And yeah. This dude's just a phony. And he never grew up in street fights. You know, there are people in East Cleveland that are actually yeah. in street fights. You know, bad areas in Cleveland. Westlake is not one of them. So I made the video. And uh, it just it, it blew up, and uh, I was really surprised. And it was doing pretty well. And all of a sudden, Keemstar, that a YouTuber, Keemstar, yeah, he, I think a lot of people started sending him the video, and I was like, wow, uh, Keemstar tweeted out my video, and that's when it absolutely took off. It was doing pretty well, but I think it went to a viral stage when he tweeted it out, and uh, the next day. Uh, I got a notification saying Jake Paul um, was in, you know, he replied to my tweet. Yeah. And he basically said that Westlake was heroin high and there were fights every day and things like that. He said, you don't know anything about me. And then I get a DM from him 30 seconds later. Unreal. That says, 
that says funny vid lol and like basically just like i probably should have worded it better but i had to uh deal with a lot of stuff growing up stuff like that he said he had to word it better 30 seconds after he sent me the tweet so i was just really confused and i waited for like a week um because i wasn't going to make a response because he was actually a really good sport and i yeah. kind of I, I said some pretty personal things that were may or may not. I mean, they were true. And right. he, he was a big bully growing up and things like that. But I, he, t- he was a good sport about it. I went through his throat and he, you know, he was nice to me in my reply and stuff. But then I decided to make another video about the response. And uh, that took off again, too, because Keemstar yep. quoted that. He followed me, DM me. And then all of a sudden, uh, I get a notification from another YouTuber and Hollywood Life. Yep. Uh, you know, a popular page that does like TMZ stuff for yep. like basically YouTubers or whatever on YouTube, like put out a video about my quote unquote beef with Jake Paul in both videos. Yeah. And my favorite part of the video is the first part where they like start, they're like, so Sir Yacht's new video is called <laughs> Jake Paul Sir Yacht. Like, like acting like I'm this like national like everybody knows who I am celebrity yeah. like right. they First didn't name even basis. like give me like a short bio or anything so it was really funny <laughs> so that was the uh, overall synopsis of yeah. what's happening right now and uh, I'll talk to you I guess at, when we talk a little more about what I'm planning to do next yeah wow that that's crazy stuff in the article and then just so everyone knows when you're dropping like Hollywood Life and Keemstar in there so basically Keemstar has just just for everyone. Um, a YouTube channel drama alert, which is basically yep. like the E News version of like YouTube, like the whole like YouTube entertainment world. And then, yep. like you already said, Hollywood Life, basically kind of the a similar deal there. Um, the article that J, um, it, in Jake Paul's reply to you, the article that he dropped was really funny to me. Like where you mentioned the whole like heroin high thing. That article was like from 2008. I don't think he right. was in high school in 2008. And, no, he's 11. Right, ex- exactly. And it was like a one-time instance. And I, I know you even got around to liking my tweet this morning. I dropped the three arrests with like a surprised emoji with like that Drake video. He's like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I just thought that was appropriate because it was just like this. I mean, th- if you have to go all the way back to 2008 where you're not even being directly related to this, it just it's it's a huge, huge reach. Obviously, he was just trying to throw crap out there super quick and that goes back to you know his grammatically incorrect and you know tough to read and he was basically talking in hieroglyphics no one could really read what he was putting out and the the thing is he deflected completely from what i was saying um i wasn't talking about any of that stuff that he replied back at me he was just trying to make himself basically look like a victim and and heroin high Westlake wasn't really known for that there were a couple instances but even in the article he posted from 2008 said that there were there was no uh evidence that you know there was a huge heroin epidemic at Westlake so it's like dude you didn't even read the article and I was talking about him being a bully and things like that and him not growing up for anything he didn't even reply to that because obviously he knows he was in, he was born to a very successful family and there's right. nothing wrong with being wealthy growing up or anything like no. that it's how you handle yourself right so that's what i was talking about and he completely went off the topic with that yeah yeah oh my goodness you're exactly right so going for, okay first i mean talk about just how crazy it is i know you even threw out a tweet where you were just like listen 
my engagement has been crazy. You know, if you're a company, anything you want me to promote, throw it out there. Just what is it like? I mean, Keemstar followed you. You know, he was, you know, quote tweeting your tweets. You're getting replies from these YouTubers and you're on the Hollywood life, all this crazy stuff. What has it been like? Just like a crazy whirlwind. And with, with one push of a button, you know, things can change so, so dramatically. I feel like, you know, to go viral or become, you know, like quote unquote famous for, you know, kind of any sort of content you put out is super expedited nowadays because of things like Twitter. So what has it been like? Yeah, it's it's so crazy how social media is just like, yep. like you said, with a push of a button can just like connect you to like anybody on like any side of the world. Right. And like can make you like you can get a, a bunch of views creating content where a long time ago you you know, you'd have to basically apply for a job and be on the news to like right. be able to send people news or things like that. So you can it's really skip cool. all that now. And yeah, exactly. And I, I never thought that I, you know, would be having videos that go viral and things like that. I'm very lucky and people have, uh, the right people, I guess, have seen it and helped it get out there. But yeah, I've, uh, the last week has been, like you said, a whirlwind. I've, I've accumulated a little under 2000 followers in the past wow. like week or two, which is, it's, which is really nice growth for me. I have a little over 10,000 followers now and that's really exciting. And I'm, yeah. and I'm hoping the reason for that tweet you mentioned is I'm hoping, you know, all this and like YouTube and things like that become some sort of business that I can, you know, I can, I can do this full time and, and that's, that's the dream. So it is really cool to see all these people like Hollywood life have like a tabloid video about me and, yeah. and compare me to Michael Rappaport. Like, and <laughs> like, even though I'm not like a fan of him, but like, to no. compare, it's just, but like to compare me to some sort of celebrity or have me on this like yeah. celebrity platform is really cool. And I, I don't think I've, uh, even hit the tip of the iceberg to where the potential is for my social media and things like that. So to see things like this, uh, come off is really cool. And then for the views on the video and stuff, my first video I ever made was on Hugh Jackson that got on sports center, Snapchat and things like that. And yep. that that's up to like 329,000. And okay. that was my most viewed video until this Jake Paul one. And this yeah. is like, I think it's at 570,000 in the past wow. week. So it's just been, it's been crazy, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me, whether side of the spectrum, mostly positive, but it's even funny with the negative comments to oh, yeah. people. It just, it's, it's been really cool. That's awesome. So, what's, uh, what's the plan here going forward then? So, I'm, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to 100% do this. I mean, I'll probably do what I'm about to say, but I don't really know if I'm uh -huh. going to follow through with what's going on because. Um, but my two videographers, Bill Schultz and Tristan Warland from North Shore Productions, they uh, they want to make a boxing promo for me so huh. that I can put it out there and uh, like set up a fight to fight Jake Paul. That would be in insane. like a boxing ring. Oh yeah, my so god! Yeah, so I uh, I I'm I think he he would kick my ass, but <laughs> I mean. We'll see. I do. I go boxing actually in Westlake. I, I'm at a, the okay. title boxing club in Westlake. So, but I'm not like, I, I don't, I think, I think Jake could literally knock me out in yeah. a few seconds. So if we were to do that, I'd have to have some training. Yeah. Um, but I think that we could do the promo video for fun. And then if he responds, then I'd be like, okay, I got to probably follow through with this. But right. that's the plan for now. I think we're going to make a promo to send to yeah. Jake and be like, hey. 
I'm going to box you. That'd be awesome. You could host it right in the mean streets of Westlake at Crocker Park. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yes. We could do that right there. We got to get a lot of security because Westlake's super dangerous. Yes. Very, very dangerous. And there's going to be <laughs> drugs and heroin flying everywhere. Everywhere, it's dude. Gonna be everywhere. That's, gonna be, that's, what, that's what Westlake's known for. You got to be walking over syringes and stuff. Yes, that's right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, Wow, that stuff has just been been crazy. Oh, okay, so we have this going on. And then we have the crazy craziness with our Cleveland Browns. I wanted to ask you about the whole like Miles Garrett thing because you came out yeah. with your tweets and everything like super strong, like like this is horrible. Like and obviously it is horrible, you know, right after the game. But then it seemed like you kind of changed your your tone a little bit, realizing like, hey, everything that we've seen from Miles Garrett in the public and all these people that are coming out saying you know, the interactions that they've had with Miles and how good they, you know, whether it's parents sending a tweet out, you know, like how good he was to their kids when they saw him out at this place or that place. Um, it seems like your tone has changed a little bit. And I, I think we were all kind of thinking, you know, something had to have set Miles off because he just seems just like way too good of a guy. And, you know, right. th and then he said, and then it kind of became public. It seemed like kind of against his will. Um, about the racial racial slur accusation, and um, I don't know if I exactly believe it. it. It's really hard to believe that there's zero evidence. You know, there no one was mic'd up, or you know, the mics were cut off, or whatever the situation was. Especially when it's a Thursday night game on Fox, and that's the only game of the night. You would think they would have everything. So I just want you to talk about how you feel about the whole thing now that the final deci decision. Uh, has been made that his his indefinite suspension has been upheld. Yeah, sure. So I guess when it originally happened, um, I was so shocked because I uh, I didn't really see it. I was watching it, but I was really tired because uh, what happened. My girlfriend and I had our one year anniversary that oh, night, yes, so I, that's I, right. I couldn't watch the first three quarters. So I got back and I was like, all right. We got a flight. We got to leave at 5 a.m., but I'll yeah. catch the fourth quarter. I'll just get a couple hours of sleep. I can't miss my brownies. Yep. Um, Love it. So there's about a minute left, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn off the game. I'm going to go get some sleep. And I'm like, nah, actually, I'll leave it on. Whatever. So whatever, I was actually just like, I guess, scrolling through Twitter because I was like, all right, they're going to take a couple knees. Or, and I'm, I'm sorry, the Steelers had the ball. I was like, it's just going to be like, you know, they're going to throw a pass, and the game's going to be over. Yep. So then I, I look up, and I see uh, Pouncey punching Miles Garrett. Yeah. So I, I tweet, the Steelers are so dirty, and I'm tired of this right. bull, bull or whatever. And then I saw the replay, and then I was like, oh, i got to delete that really Yikes. quickly. Yep. I was like, oh, my God. So I went out, and I made this video – and it was just completely like in the moment, heat in the moment, like, and that's what I do. And that's, I guess I just try to be sometimes as authentic as I can. And, and, you know, I, you know, blessing and a curse. If I, you know, regret what I say or whatever, I, I make videos and stuff. And you're right. The tone changed after, yep. but originally I was like, you know, he needs to be thrown out of the league. Like this is like, I'm embarrassed to be a Browns fan. And, yep. and no doubt you shouldn't hit someone over the head with a no. helmet, but um, as you know, facts have come out and angles and things like that. I think my tone has definitely changed. I still think Miles is, it's okay that he suspended the rest of the season, but you know, Mason did instigate it and he kicked him. In, we know he kicked him in the balls. We know he tried ripping his helmet off. We know yep. that he charged after him after a Steelers lineman was holding Miles Garrett back and, 
and Miles hit him over the head with the helmet. Unfortunately, it was the you know the, the open side of the helmet. Otherwise, it could have been a lot worse. But and then the way uh, Mason handled it after in post game was very weird. Uh, he very acted Jake like a victim, like he didn't start it, and it's like okay, like I don't feel bad for you too much. But but then obviously yesterday it came out that Miles you know said this apparently Mason said this racial slur to Miles and. Like you said, he, it wasn't supposed to leak out there. He said in confidentiality, right. and he didn't mention it in the weeks before because I, I think what he didn't want was he didn't want the racial slur, uh, whether it was said or not, to be an excuse for Miles to hit somebody. There is no excuse to hit right. somebody. Because he did hint at it. it. It appears he did hint at something being said in his post-game interview. Everyone's like, oh, why didn't he say this immediately after? He was very right. vague. You know, There's that one clip going around. I forget ex- the exact quote. Um, but he basically said that, you know, he's confident or he feels, you know, when the tape is looked at, when they dig into this, they're going to get the full story. And I think those two can be, uh, can be tied together. I don't think it's some big conspiracy. I think he felt that, Hey, if there would have been hot mics or whatever, they would have found, you know, what was said. And they're not saying they're, they, uh, they've said there's no like public, um, audio of this, but right. it's it. What bothers me is uh, Daryl Reuter of I think uh, with I think he's with ninety two three or wh- whoever th- he's with. I think so. Anyways, the Cleveland Browns reporter. But yeah. anyways, he tweeted out today that you know they. I mean, which is true. They cut the mics when they huddle, right? So that there's no like you know strategical uh, advantage. Right, right, exactly. So they don't intervene on the play calling and things like that. But then once they're out of the huddle, the mics are hot. Right, and they for sure have audio on this. I know. But if they, they, they can't, I think they do because they can't, but they can't release it. Right. If he actually said a racial slur, like if there's actual audio of Mason Rudolph saying some sort of slur, that would be very detrimental, particularly when they haven't suspended him or fi- fined him at all. I think it would be bad for the league. And again, I don't know if Mason said it or not, but like you said, Miles is one of the most temperamental nice kind slow to anger rich in kindness people i i mean i've ever like seen play football he writes poetry and he loves dinosaurs like yeah. the dude is just so like down to earth and chill and this is so out of character for him i'm not saying my, mason said it but i i don't know and like you said well then freddie kitchens also came out and was like you know i trust him miles you know i still support him right i don't think i'd support him if he lied about some sort of racial slur no or definitely maybe not. that's what so I don't know, but they. I think they have to have audio on this. Like, I, it's just, I know. I don't know. Yeah, because I, 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 th- I think they have to have the audio. I think it's out there. Um, right. Because basically, what the NFL said is, you know, there's no. It's basically, you know, like um, when they're doing a review of a play, and it stands because there's no you know, definitive evidence. That's kind of like how I feel about this. If, yeah. if, if, you know, they're not saying, you know, he did do it or he, they're not saying he did it. He didn't do it. They're saying, Hey, we can't tell if he did or not. We just have a, he said, she said situation. Yeah. It's, it, it kind of bothers me because they've, I mean, with all the audio and stuff that they re- released like the week after and stuff like, and that's not like, I mean, they have like a rule, like they, they literally say like, okay, you have to cut the mics when the huddle is yeah. is going on. But after that, the mics are hot. So 
maybe they, I, I mean it's hard for me to believe that because it was at the end of the game they cut the mics and they yeah. don't have any audio I, I they have to have audio yeah yeah you know yeah that's really bothering me and, and even if they never release it to the um to the public I'm fine with that you know I just want to know me too I, you know I, I just I just want to know who I who I should believe because you know um if it's true, you know, I feel like a lot of the stuff we feel about Rudolph right now as Browns fans would just kind of be confirmed that he's just kind of a dweeb and a punk. But and then if it if it's not true, this looks really, really bad for Miles Garrett. And that's a serious accusation because, you know, as much as we really don't like Rudolph right now to put that on someone who didn't say that. I mean, that's um, that's, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of bad things in this world. But, you know, that that's up there. I mean, especially in today's climate, like that would be really, really bad. Well, yeah, you're talking about the reputation of, of, of a man. And, yeah. and, and if it's if it's towards Mason, you know, it could really especially for him as a he as a potential journeyman and a, and a backup quarterback to Roethlisberger, it could yep. really hurt his career. 100%. But then if it's like they prove that Miles Garrett didn't um, he was lying about it, he's already indefinitely suspended like he still has to fight to get back into the league yeah if this is another thing that like is true that he was lying about it then yeah you know it might it, I, I don't think it'll ruin his career but it, it, it certainly will help his case I, nope. I just it's it's an unfortunate situation and it's and it sucks because we should be focused brown should be focused on playing miami sunday right this happened a week ago over a week ago and yeah people are still talking it's gonna be about, about 10 it. days by the time they play miami on sunday Right, and then they play Pittsburgh next week yep. again, so it's just going to be the conversation then. And, so and as crazy and as bad as the year has gone, we're still 4-6. and six. We're still in the hunt with a ton of winnable games on, yep. the, uh, on the schedule. I mean, realistically, depending on how things go out, I don't want to look into the future because when I do that, you know, that's when you, you know, blow a game against Miami, then the season's over. But, I mean, eight, uh, eight, uh. I, I don't even want to say it. I, I know I just said it out loud, but it, <laughs> I'm going to have to pause this and go throw up. But, um, yeah, I mean, eight and eight, nine and seven, realistically could get it done in the, uh, in the AFC. So, you know, that would be nice for that to be the focus. But, um, but it, unfortunately, it's... Uh, it's just not, but hopefully after this week we can finally move past it. Um, you know, hopefully Olivier Vernon gets healthy because, you know, it'd be nice to have him back with Garrett being out. Then Joby's going to, you know, we need to get back to as full strength as we can um, for kind of this run down for the uh, through the rest of the season. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's it's unfortunate because everybody even everybody said it was correct it feels like more of a loss than a win because you know we lost our best yep. defensive player for the season and we can't even, we can't even celebrate a, a win correctly like it's no. just it's frustrating and it, it, it's so many winnable games i think we have like the second easiest schedule we remaining do. in the in the nfl and they do it, it's, but like you said if they man if it, with this distraction and things like that, they got to be focused because if they're not careful, they could. The season would be potentially over after losing to Miami. Like yeah. I just, I don't oh, know how be. you recover from that. Nope, absolutely not. Um, one last thing: how's your uh, how's your dad enjoying Scottsdale? Have you talked to him? My, he, uh, you know, I haven't talked to him a whole lot. Which means I think he's enjoying it a lot. He's uh he's at a dental seminar there yeah. and he's giving a couple talks, I guess, to some other dentists. And uh, it's just I guess he's having a good time. He really enjoys the 
the climate out there because boy it's sure not it's sure not no. fun in cleveland right now but yeah I, I haven't heard from him i guess he's doing well must be loving uh, it but who who knows at this yeah. point that's right that's good stuff all right well sir yacht thanks for coming on clearing up and talking about all the jake paul stuff talking some miles garrett this is a very it wasn't it wasn't I, it's not hostile but it's a it's a very it was a very intense intense episode here yeah, well, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm looking forward to more hostility the next time I come on. That's right. Appreciate well, it as always. Yeah, we'll be uh, next time you come on, we'll be uh, promoting the the fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> looking forward to promoting the fight. Let's that, go. All right, that's good stuff. <laughs> thanks again. Yep. Thank you. All right, so hope you enjoyed that interview with Sir Yacht. Always great to talk and catch up with him. And of course, follow all of his great content on Twitter. You guys should as well. Remember, at Sir Yacht on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go check out all of his good stuff. Okay, let's read a spam email. All right, spam email time it is. Here we go. Let's start with the header here. It just says, hello. With a comma, this is from Donna Louise. Hello, Donna Louise. Here we go. Let's read this. Hello. I'm glad to know you. I'm glad to know you too. But God knows you better and he knows why he has directed me to you at this point in time. So do not be surprised at all. I am not surprised at all, Donna Louise. God does know me well. My names are Mrs. Donna McGinnis Louise, widow. That's a heck of a name. My names are Mrs. Donna McNeese Louise Widow. It's like a haiku. I, I have been suffering from ovarian cancer disease. I'm sorry to hear that. At this moment, I, I am about to end the race like this because the illness has gotten to a very bad stage without any family members and no child. I hoped that you will not expose or betray this trust and confident that I am about to entrust on you for the mutual benefit of the orphans and the less privileged ones. No, Donna, prom I promise you, I, I will not betray you, Donna. I will not betray you. I'm showing you my hands. My fingers aren't crossed. I promise. I have some funds I inherited from my late husband. The sum of $11 million dollars? Oh my gosh, guys, I got this oil job. Now I got $11 million. This is crazy. Deposited in the bank. Having known my present health status, again, I'm sorry, I decided to entrust this fund to you, believing that you will utilize it in the way I'm going to instruct herein. To direct me. Direct me. I will utilize the fund. Therefore, I need you to assist me and reclaim this money. And here we go. And use it for charity works, for orphanages and gives justice and help to the poor, needy, and to promote the words of God and the effort that the house of God will be maintained, says the Lord. Jeremiah 22, 15, 16. All right, dropping verses. It will be my great pleasure to, to compensate you with the 35% of the total money for your personal use. Let me do the math real quick. Get out my adding machine. 0.35 times 11 million... Ah, oh, that's a crisp. That's nearly $4 million for my personal use. That's good. 5% for any expenses that may occur during the international transfer process. That's pretty standard. 60% of the money will go to the charity project. That's great. That is great. All I require from you is sincerity and ability to complete God's task without any failure. Done. 
It will be my pleasure to see that the bank has finally the bank has finally released and transferred the fund into your bank account there in your country even before I die here in the hospital. Again, I'm sorry. Because of my present health status, I'm sorry. Everything need to everything need you know, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to expose her grammar here. She's very ill, but I'm just having a little trouble reading this. Present health status, everything need to be processed rapidly as soon as possible. I'm waiting for your immediate reply. I, girl, I'm there. If only you are interested for further details of transaction and execution of this charitable project. Best regards, Miss Donna M. Louise. Guys, I am so freaking rich. You got to be kidding me. $3.85 million. I got my 96 grand a year, non-taxable in my oil job. I'm living the life right now. Wow. Things do not get much better than that, right? And that was reading a spam email. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, remember Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, wherever you may be listening, please Rate five stars, leave a friendly review, subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. Interviews like this one coming your way every single Monday and the Weekend 12-Pack with Uncle Micah. Remember, guys, degenerate gambler advice from non-degenerate gamblers coming your way every single Friday. But remember, not this week. A little special coming your way. All the Thanksgiving football games and Saturday rivalry college football games. That episode coming your way on Wednesday to get you ready for Thursday. Thanksgiving, be thankful for football and winning money and rivalry college football weekend. All right, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday.